Test, test, test. Good morning, all. Wow, look how shiny my head is. I probably shouldn't have worn that. Turn off that light. That looks weird. Let me let me fix that. Got some uh, issues today, so it's like cloudy as. Wait, I'm not muted. Okay, it's like cloudy as crap. I haven't seen the sun in. All right, so like the sun was out two days ago, but like for the last six weeks, it's just been freaking fog. It's been, oh, not enjoyed it at all. But I'm really glad to be here, and I'm glad that you guys are here. What if God had boobs and balls? That's right, Steve. Anyone who's been singing that, I'm just like to say, uh, good job. Um, welcome to today's show. Today is not a part of our series on... Uh, uh, I can't, I'm, I can't give away this title yet because the final, the final episode and everything we've been talking about, about, uh, this, uh, hermaphroditic, uh, historical, uh, primal sexual God history, uh, Today, wow, I'm getting really in the weeds here with my words. Today is not about that. And it's only because there's one movie that I need to finish editing that explains some things. And I wasn't able to get that done for today. <clears throat> and so today is sort of a potpourri. Um, <coughs> excuse me, a mismatch, a mix match of different things that we've talked about. And it's probably fair to say that what we're going to talk about today really uh, doesn't even fit the title that I've assigned for today. But this would not be the only time that's happened. You guys uh, have watched me before have noticed that that kind of thing happens quite a bit around here. But I do think it's a good show. Uh, a lot of times I save things that I think are going to be made into a show, and I just never get around to doing it. And uh, uh, there's so much cool stuff to research and learn, you know? It's just so much cool stuff. So... To try, I always say I'm going to do an AMA, and I never do. <laughs> so if you have a topic or a question or a beef or whatever it is, uh, type it into the chat and uh, put put AMA in big letters first, and that should help me find it because I will actually scroll. Sometimes when I do this, no one has anything to say so that I feel like a freaking idiot. That's why I don't even like the word AMA because... I don't think you guys are here to have your questions answered. I think, if anything, you're here to have your uh, answers questioned. Who who saw that? That was a, a really cool little uh, uh, statement there that I, I made, if I do say so myself, which I just did, which is pretty arrogant. But uh, humbleness will only get you enslaved, and arrogance will only get uh, get your uh, your appendages chopped off. So what would you rather be? Appendages that are too tall that got chopped, or would you rather be a slave, right? So, uh, so yeah. So type AMA in really big letters. That that should be the first one. And, and then after that, uh, okay, we already have one. AMA is American Medical Association in my head. Okay, uh, we can fix that. We, we can fix that. And, uh, yeah. So, AMA, are we in the Mars of the next apocalypse? Do we wake up on Venus? What's your take? This we've we've actually covered that those exact same theories. I, I, <clears throat> I as we, you will find 
Transhumanism, you will find, is going to either... Uh, There's a question by Eric Collins, by the way. Good morning, my friend. And uh, we are going to find that transhumanism is going to give us an opportunity for two things. One, it's going to allow everyone who wants to be enslaved to be enslaved. Two, it is going to allow everyone who's tired of being enslaved to be liberated. Both of those things are going to happen, and they've already begun. It's already started. And uh, with that, I have to go through this little fun little thing. We Oh, good, it worked. Hey, for the first time, it actually worked when I have a full screen window. But uh, uh, the, w the, So, okay, well, let, let me first answer this question properly. One day you're, one day our children, the children of us, is going to wake up and log in. They're going to log into this augmented world, and they are never going to come out. Never. And a lot of doom and gloomers, a lot of people are like, oh, we're so doom and gloom. Oh, God, let's do a show about how doom and gloom we are. Oh, and there's like, that's like most of your traffic that you're watching today is people that are just way into that doom and gloom and way into, oh, oh, I'm a slave. Oh, you beat me. Deep state. You, oh, you beat me, deep state. A lot. That's what most of us are there. It's just true. Look around. It's not a truth movie. It's a government, but you know that. But uh, the mitosis, the rapture, the mitosis, the separation, we will be separated from those who want to be enslaved, from those who do not want to be enslaved. And some of you might have come into this uh, realm, this roller skating airship realm of James True, with the idea that everything is about trying to enslave me and hurt me and, and make my life hard, when actually the entire universe is conspiring for you because everything that enslaves you hinders and renders itself on top of consent, your consent. So many calories have been put into extracting your consent. Deep state me, daddy. That's right, Don. And and this, uh, th this is an old line of thinking. And many who don't like my show and say, fuck this guy and he's loose fair, whatever it is they're going to say, most of them have an issue with me because of this, because I'm telling you, no. And, and you can look around. As we said before, if you wanted to enslave this world, it would be so easy. Holy fuck, it'd be so easy. And some of you will say we're already enslaved. And fine, you know, the gazelle is enslaved. By the fact that it's thirsty, by the fact that it has to poop, by the fact that it has to run. It's, you could call that enslavement. And you could spend your entire life pointing at things and, and using your enslavement glasses to show me just how enslaved something is. And, and great, that's you masturbating in the corner. And there's a huge corner. There's so many people just jizzing all over each other about how enslaved they are. It's, it's an entire cottage industry that turned into a skyscraper, that turned into a smart city. But even reading Revelation, even just looking around, you notice that it's saturated with consent. That what we have is people that, that, that are consenting to slavery, but the entire time are like, Oh, I don't want to be a slave. Oh, harder, daddy. Oh, I don't want to be a slave. It's the, uh, the ball gag in the mouth of the snake that's saying, Don't tread on me. Don't tread on me, okay? I don't tread on me. It's treading on me. And really what they're saying is, is please don't leave me alone. 
please, if you try and enslave me, it means that you, you find value in me and I need you to find value in me. Therefore, I'm going to paint the entire world that it's this slavery thing. Back to Mars. I'm not actually getting off topic here. When people log in and they will never come back, I think you're looking at Mars now. You're looking at a reality where they go into Mars. Now, it could be a video game called Mars that people log into. I'm not saying it is or isn't. I'm just telling you that that's the conceptual understanding of what it is. The truth is always in the room. You know that. I knew that. Hey, Truth, how's it going? Good to see you, buddy. He's, he's cam- Truth is camera shy, but he's always in the room. And that this, this truth will, uh, will manifest itself in this way where many of us will enter into a uh, a painted reality that makes us feel better. And in Mars, when the sun is this intense, being on Mars is what? It's further away from the sun, isn't it? Isn't it? Well, no, James, you don't know. Okay, whatever. But, but it is. It is. It's further away. And why would you want to be further away from the sun? Because it's too much light. It's too much. Too much light. Too bright in here. And so you entering the Mars would be the, uh, I need to step away from the sun. I need less truth. I need less reality is a better word. I need less reality. And Mars is less reality. Venus is more. If you were to awaken from Gaia and say, I desire more sovereignty, you would go to Venus. Now, us in Earth, we have painted Venus as a gaseous, uh, noxious, ammonia planet that would kill anyone and everyone. And it's the rising star. Oh, it's the rising star. And, and, and James, is, James is supporting the morning star. That's what it feels like on Earth to look at Venus. It's that painful. We consider it that obnoxious. And here on Earth, many look at Mars as a vision, a new life, a new safer beginning where we can survive. So you, you see the parallel, the differences between those two, right? So as you learn to ingest consciousness in this giant uh, greenhouse, you will either find an appetite for Venus or for Mars or to stay right where you are with Earth, right? You can stay right where you are. But the Earth doesn't make it that easy. The Earth has a uh, uh, grinding wheel on the street. The Earth's a monkey with a grinding wheel. And there's a pop-up box. And as you're watching that box, you you were motivated to want to do something. Move to Venus, move to Mars, or stay put. It's it's uh, These are really conscious elevations. I don't normally like this term because it's just surrounded with so much bullshit. But it really is like a 5D kind of, kind of life where you have 3D, 4D, 5D, right? And that those who are more comfortable, those who've mastered... Uh, this realm and master is not necessarily the avoidance of pain or vitriol. It's more of the acceptance and the realization of what it all means that you would uh, escalate or de-escalate. Going to Venus would be closer to the sun. Going to Mars would be further away. Hope that helps. Um, Yeah, I don't want to go to Mars either, Sedacious, because when you go to Mars, you're going to have a screen always covering you from reality, whether it be a biodome, whether it be a spaceship, whether it be a visor while you're out uh, gallivanting around Greenland, I mean, I mean, I mean, Mars and uh, finding, uh, you know, Martian rodents and saying, hey, Mars has rodents. I didn't know that. 
that would be a much safer way to live where your entire life is confined to this tiny island. And it would be easily confined because you would only go so far as your oxygen supply would allow. This is a pacifier for consciousness. And Elon Musk is providing the pacifier for consciousness. Whether you like him or not, I don't really fucking care. He's just simply showing you that, hey, a lot of people are looking for this and they want this to happen. In fact, it directly in line with this topic is this idea of vitamin D. It is interesting to me how people with low vitamin D are four times more likely to die from what we are calling the corona. And when you look at deeper into that, you find that this is the fifth sun. And technically, practically, for all intents and purposes, it's just too much truth shining everywhere. It's too bright. And when you look at the mechanics of what vitamin D, vitamin D is a sunshine vitamin that has been produced on this earth for more than 500 billion years during exposure to sunlight, 7-dehydrocholesterol in the skin absorbs UVB radiation is converted to pre-vitamin D3, which in turn isomerizes into vitamin D3. So the reason why I put this on here is because I want you to know that the sun is not giving you vitamin D. This is what's so fascinating about this concept. The sun is not giving you vitamin D. Vitamin D is not pouring from the sun. It's not. And you might have thought that at one time, which is fine. I thought that for a long time. But that's actually not what's happening. The sun is, is causing a seed, a cholesterol seed, the very thing that you think is horrible. Oh, cholesterol. Oh, my God. It's causing uh, something, uh, an enzyme similar to cholesterol, to be really frank here, um, to sprout. And when it sprouts, it grows vitamin D. Vitamin D grows from this light, from this endeavor. And that happens inside your body. The reason why I think this is pretty important is because the Aztec culture, the, it's, I'm sorry, it's not even fair to say it's just the Aztecs. It's the Mayans, the Mexicans, the uh, Aztlanteans all had this concept in fact, when you look at the oh, sorry, when you look at the Mayan calendar, you're seeing the four suns uh, in this drawing. You you have the four suns: one's jaguar, one's wind, one's flooding, one's uh, oh goodness, water. It's funny how jaguars in there, but that's how they do it. And the center of this calendar is the fifth sun, the center, and that fifth sun is telling you, look how look how wide open the fifth sun's eyes are, right? If those on the podcast, you just picture the Mayan calendar in the center of that face. His eyes are wide open. Not only is his eyes wide open, but even his skin is showing you this wisdom, this age, this uh, penetration from being exposed. You're looking at someone staring directly into the sun. And the obsidian tongue that sticks out of his mouth is basically showing you, we need more blood. We need more heart. And the Aztecs had a, a different concept. You and I think that the sun is feeding us. You and I think, oh, well, I'm the center of the world. The sun's here to feed me. and It's doing a great job. Good job, sun. But the Aslantians, I'm just going to call them that for now. The Aslantians thought that we feed the sun. That we do. And we have this... Uh, 
romantic fascination with blood and gore. And so we automatically attune that to people must die and their blood must flow. And all that is definitely true because people believe it. That's what makes it true. Just so you know, that's what makes things true. People believing them makes them true. Because if you're in a reality where a billion people believe something, that is a fucking truth you cannot avoid. You're not going to convince them of anything, are you? Hence this whole sun thing. But if you take out the violence, if you take out the vitriol, we, we are feeding the sun. And if we do not feed the sun properly, we will lose our sun. Our sun will die. And a new one will have to be reborn. And you and I are living in this fifth sun. This is our fifth opportunity to keep this sun alive. And how do we keep it alive? We keep it alive with our blood. Does that mean we have to shed our blood? I don't think so. Some of you believe in magic and some of you think that for whatever stupid, I think it's kind of retarded to be honest with you, but for whatever stupid reason you think that in order to sacrifice something, you need to cut your finger and pour blood out to bloodlet. But when you work and exercise, what are you doing? You are evaporating. You are dissolving blood into the air. Not only in the air, but it collects in the soil, it collects in your bones, it collects in everything you touch. Everything that you touch with your fingers, there are tiny holes. And out of these tiny holes come evaporated blood. What causes that blood, blood to evaporate? The sun. You sweat, you work, you strive, even to provide shelter for yourself. Even in the dark of night, you are still sweating the results of that. You have a symbiotic relationship with the sun. It's much more closer than we think. The sun of God, the soul invictus, right? The sun, undefeatable sun, the soul invictus is you. It's your consciousness. If you can consider the sun as a conscious uh, entity, the sun needs your human consciousness to survive, to live, to thrive. It needs that. This is not a technology of we must kill people and, and blood let them out. It is a technology of people having consciousness is the sun, is the sun. And, and what did Akhenaten tell you before? Hey, did this does this crown make my hips look fat? What else did he say? He told you that Aten, Aten speaks, gives you eternal ka, eternal life from the rays of the sun. And when you follow those rays, they are multi-directional. They are two directions. It happens in both ways. We are in a symbiotic relationship with this orb. And this orb of consciousness is, needs us to manifest itself in this world. And the quality of our manifestation will either make this sun thrive or die. Is consciousness low energy? Is it, this is why I use these terms, is it 3D consciousness or is it 5D consciousness? The fifth sun is the striving for that 5D. It's showing you Vitamin D showing you that the relationship is much more symbiotic. The sun cannot give you vitamin D. Vitamin D is actually a pretty complex 
multifaceted thing. It's not a central thing. I know we like to think of it simplistically like that, but it's not that way. It's the derivement of a precious resource, consciousness, that comes from us. So when you think about it in that way, I'd like you to consider uh, 5G, what the... Okay, good. Just as long as you guys are following me. Um, When you think about it this way, then you start to see the quality of life becomes much more important and your relationship to the sun becomes much more important, which means that you and I have a, a balance of sun. When I say balance, you would not want to simply pull off your skin and say, here, son, have it all. That you would not survive, you would not live from that. That you have a delicate dance, a mamba, so to speak, with the sun, where you are playing with being shadowed from the solar information that comes. So let's think of the sun as information, as source. Your internet connection is the sun. And if we lived in a world that had internet everywhere, but no one, no one had a Wi-Fi antenna, you would have nothing. And you'd be so proud of how great your router of the sun is and how you've got everything wired all over the place, but no one's using your service. And if people started to use that service, you notice that your service would degrade if you did not have enough customers on that network, that the network itself would eventually die. It requires a certain threshold, much like a child. A child is a cell divided a trillion of trillions of times every day. That's literally what you and I are, is the divided ones. From Adama, right? Adama. Face to face, Psalm 138, face to face to Adam, Eve. I'm sorry, Adam, Eve. And then they divide, 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 divide. And the entire way we are dividing and dividing and dividing and dividing and dividing. Why are we dividing? So that we can manifest the consciousness of source, the Wi-Fi signal more. We are creating new networks. What are those new networks powered by? Believe it or not, it's actually not really powered by your DNA. It's actually powered by mitochondria. How do you think the sun knows you're there? It's your mitochondria. And so when you look at the history of these five suns, it could be that the mitochondria itself is the determining factor in how long that sun lives, how long it survives, how fruitful it is as a flower, right? That the sun itself is its own living flower. And there are buds on that sun, like the face of a sunflower. And each of those buds are us. That we are a conscious entity. And we are either open and into this idea, or we are going to close ourselves off and hide. And when we hide, we end up killing the vine, and the sunflower does what? It goes limp. It goes limp. And so what happens? Whoever put the sun here, whatever put the sun here, tries something different. And I think at, at the heart of what uh, Aslantian culture is, it's that. It's this uh, dipole relationship of consciousness and light. Tonatia's face in the face of the sun, Lord of heaven, around which takes place all daily and periodic phenomenon. And the tongue stuck out in the form of obsidian knife, indicating the deity demands to be fed with blood and human hearts. Right. Research shows that chronic heart failure is often linked to vitamin D deficiency. 
Very low levels are associated with more negative health outcomes. In fact, low vitamin D is connected to a greater risk of death than those with heart failure. So why is the heart and the vitamin D and the sun so related? And more importantly, more importantly, how did the Aslantians know? Again, Aslantians, you're, I'm just throwing that in. Mayan, Aztec, Mexican, all of the different cultures that had the same idea but were still pristine and separate from each other. As far down as Peru, as far up as, as Maine, you had these stories dressed in the different fashion of different cultures that came back to the idea before they knew what the word vitamin D was that there is a conscious implication between you and the sun. And the truth is always in the room, which means the source is always here. I haven't seen the sun in six weeks, but I can see its effects. I can see it through the haze. I'm being shadowed from that sun. It's giving me respite from source signal. My Wi-Fi signal is not as strong as it used to be, which allows my internal mechanisms to stay cooler. I'm not having to burn as many resources rendering all this data in real time. So 52 year Mesoamerican century. The beginning of these centuries, which would just be fascinating to be at one of these ceremonies. Well, probably the most amazing ritual I've ever read about is this. At the beginning of this festival, all the lights in the city are extinguished. People let their hearth fires go out. On midnight of the twelfth day of the festival, a prisoner is taken to the priest. And actually, I think prisoners are a broad term here, but we'll just keep going. And the priest would watch in the night sky for the star of fire to reach the zenith. Once it did, the priest would remove the heart of this man and replace it with a piece of wood that was laid on a piece of turquoise. This is where the priest would start the new fire that would once again light the entire city. Showing you how crucially important that heart is with the sun. Showing you that the manufacturing of vitamin D inside you is proof that all of your health systems will shut down if you are not generating vitamin D. I didn't say if you were receiving vitamin D, did I? I said if you were not generating vitamin D. And that generation of vitamin D will only come with source connection. Much like a Wi-Fi signal, are you actually browsing the web? If you are, then the network's alive and it will continue. Those who stop browsing the web, the network has no need to be here anymore and will reset and try something different for a while. If you're familiar with my work, you know I've already pointed this out, but the sunspots are, are miraculously gone. It started in 2012. In 2012, we, st we stopped having uh, even uh, minute filters blocking the information of the sun. It became more pure, and it got intense as fuck, didn't it? And look around. Look at what's happening now. Isn't what's happening now proving how intense these things are? And some of us will say, well, yeah, we've been brainwashed by the powers that be to uh, wear sunscreen. But I don't know if that's actually what happened. If you were living in slave culture, if you're in the fourth sun, you're going to love that. Oh, yeah, the slaves, the masters are tricking us, those tricksters. We're innocent. We're like great, innocent people, but we just keep being tricked by these people, other people. We won't. It's not that we enable them. We don't give them power. We don't give them money. None of that. No, they're just tricking us. We are totally innocent. 
that is just this really pathetic comfort movement kind of shit that you hear when someone's basically masturbating in the corner going, I want to go to Mars. I want to go to Mars. This place is too intense because it's not actually that we've been tricked. The reason why we wear sunscreen, the reason why we would put cancer onto our skin. You don't think that your body knows. You don't think that your body knows when you're, when you're rubbing that stuff on your skin, that it's bad because it does. And it's telling you that, but you're ignoring it. Why? Because we, we find the sun to be too intense sometimes. We as a culture find it to be too intense. You know how I know this? Because every one of you fuckers, every single one of you, except for maybe two, don't have, uh, have a roof. You invented something called roof. One of the most popular inventions ever made is a roof. The bet. The house. And the entire purpose of that house is, is to what? To rest, to feel safe. And what are you doing? You are dimming source. The signal is so strong that inside your house, you do not feel it as strongly. You are able to maintain yourself more because the intensity of it all is turned down. Why do you grow hair on your head? Why do you not grow hair on your head? Why do you grow hair on your skin? Are you not just simply branching trees on your skin to give yourself shade from the sun? The melanin that we have in our body is an important part of us uh, embracing our consciousness with the sun. We need that melanin because if, if not, if we were all crucified on sticks in the sun, and by the way, if we were all slaves, that's what we'd be. We'd be, always look on the bright side of the sun. We would have that kind of life. We'd be happy about it. But no, we're all complaining. We're all grumbling. We all have free will. We can all wander around. Yes, we have borders. Yes, we have mandates. Yes, we have taxes. All of those things. But who are the people actually pushing that? Is it the sun? Is it the evil overlord? Or is it you and me when we pay taxes? Or worse, you and me when we send our kids to school? Or you and me when we insist the problem is this underground deep state when the entire time it's just us doing it to each other all the time? We create a drama with ourselves to convince ourselves of whatever we want to say, even if it means I would like to smear cancer-causing cream all over my body because I want some shade. But I want to embrace the sun. And you're watching a psychological bad relationship, right? You're going back to her, are you? Yeah, yeah, man. She's just, she really turns me on. <laughs> Candle it. It's like, but she's sucking you dry. Yeah, I know, man. But I just, I, I, I can't imagine life without her. That kind of relationship is everywhere. It's not just in love. It's with your job. It's with your boss. It's with your family. It's with the sun. It's with your diet. It's with your alcohol. It's with whatever other vice you want to have or pretend that you don't have. We create these dramas. We create these scenarios to give ourselves what we want. This is why the sun ends up, I think, resetting. Because it's just like, dude, the sun's just like, are you fucking kidding me? You tied yourself up. You're the, you're the one that did that. And you're, you're blaming me? You're blaming me, says the sun? Fuck you guys. Fuck you guys. I'm blocking all your IPs. It's over. Yeah, I brought this up before, but, you know, when you're in a theater and you're watching a movie, no matter what's happening on the screen... No matter what colors on the screen, even when the screen suddenly goes dark for dramatic effect, no matter what, there's always 
this little red exit light saying, hey, if you want to get out of here, man, just, just walk here. There's an emergency. You feel that your life's threatened. You can just walk here to this door. And we have this same relationship where we don't want to enable ourselves too much. So on our way to the door, we are yelling and making excuses. We're literally walking to the door going, hey, stop. You can't throw me out of the theater. Why are you throwing me out of the theater? Hey, man, I paid for this movie. I deserve a better movie than this as we're walking to the theater. And we're shouting at everyone else, help, save me, save me as we're walking towards the theater. That's what we do. We are a complex uh, organism that frankly has some pretty fucked up behavior sometimes. Now, you know, I, I love you. You love you. It's great. We accept who we are. With a little bit of jesting helps, you know, to really understand our ability to clown ourselves is just uh, probably the best way to get to Venus. Probably the best way to find that 5D is to really realize how much we clown ourselves. And that having this exit door in the theater at all times is, is mortality. It's your ability to die. And you have more control over your ability to die than you think. You've been taught by culture that, well, no one wants to die and none of us would ever purposely. In fact, suicide's illegal. We live in a culture where you can kill any animal you want, but you can't kill yourself. It's considered illegal. That's fucked up, man. That's fucked up. But it shows you the psychosis of who we are and, and why we are. And that there's going to be a time when the sun turns off that final uh, sunspot. Where that final piece of shade is gone. Where some of us are just like, it's too bright in here. This movie is scaring the shit out of me. What I just saw on the screen is very uncomfortable. I got to get out of here. And guess what? There's always that door. There's always that door. Now we play games with ourselves, so we will paint what that door is. I am sick from the corona. What does is, what is sick from the corona really mean? The sun is too intense for me. And what happened in 2012, the apocalypse? All the truth started shining inside our house <laughs> it used to be if we wanted the truth we'd have to go out the woods set a fire talk to some people really relax then we could start to understand what the truth is we don't do that anymore it's shining through our doors it's so bright the sun is so bright it's shining through the cracks underneath our closed door and it's just lighting the whole room up and that you and i are just watching people have a dance to find a comfortable way to put on this, much like uh, walking on hot pavement. You really want to get to the beach, you really want to enjoy the water, but the sun is burning your feet. The sand is burning your feet, excuse me. It's burning your feet so much that either you're going to run, or you're going to go back to, the, to your car. You'll be like, I don't even want to do this. It's not what I was bargaining for. You will develop shoes, you will come up with whatever else it is you need. We will create excuses to exit the theater the exact same way we created excuses to enter the theater, to have these kinds of relationships with the sun. We're, we're, we're foreplaying. It's foreplay. You know what? It's five play. It's the fifth sun. We are five playing with the sun. And what is sun? It's just reality. Ray, reality. Ray, reality. It's right there. 
First three letters, reality. You know, I'm going to start calling it that, reality. And this reality has no speakers of its own. This reality needs you, a, a diaphragm made out of bone, to play its signal for everyone around you. You are a light bulb of sorts, aren't you? And the power could be on the house, but if no light bulbs are plugged in, you don't have light. And if you can't handle that light, you will blow your filament. You've kept your filament exactly enough to where it can blow if there's too much. You can get out of here. And you can blame that on whatever else you want. You can say whatever you want. But there it is. The exit door is always in the room. Um... All right, this might seem like a segue, but I put it in here because, because I think it's related. Right now, when you and I look at people, uh, we physically see someone's body, can watch their fidgeting, we can sort of get a sense of their mood. We get an uh, introduction to their aura, to their auric field, right? This auric field is a uh, intangible kind of uh, sensation. You, there's not like a place on me that has like an auric pore. Actually, all my pores are auric, but it requires a special kind of vitamin D for you to see my mood and for me to see yours. And there are many of us that cannot see moods right now. That when we look at someone, we, we just aren't able to predicate where they are, what they're feeling, and how they're feeling. And what technology is giving us, what transhumanism is giving us, is this ability to superimpose these invisible fields on top of each other. 20 years ago, yours truly was at Stanford University. Not, I wasn't a student. I was actually hired to go there and write software for them. And one of the things that I brought up was um, moodware. The idea that one could utilize augmented reality to see a subject and broadcast an aura of that subject around them. And how would you broadcast? How would you even determine that aura? It's actually really very simple. The, the camera would, would watch your skin. It would see the pigments. Believe it or not, you and my, our skin is going, actually, I can tell you. That's my skin right now. We are octopi, and our, our pigment sensors are opening and closing, opening and closing with our heartbeat. And every time your heart beats, you are turning red. You are beating red. And every time uh, the, the beat finishes, the second beat of that, uh, you are turning white. It is the blue, 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 blue. You are splotchy, splotch, on, off, on, off. You're blinking. You're an LED. Now, you and I can't consciously see that, but we can underconsciously see that. We can subconsciously, unconsciously see it, however you want to say it. We can see that. We know that. We have simply decided to block that information because we live in a world that has a certain resolution that we're comfortable with. If you and I were seeing the world at our true uh, 80K 
a resolution or 5K resolution of what it would be, you and I would be seeing through each other's skin, be seeing through each other's clothes. We'd be watching the heat signature of who we are. And we decided a long time ago that I don't like that. There's, I'm, there's too much information. And you and I decided a long time ago that, you know what, I'm just going to kind of blur all of someone's skin together into this uh, opaque coating that I, you know, I don't, I don't want to see into that. And we have that. We've had it for quite a while. But as technology is advancing, we are learning ways to cheat to cheat and tap into our senses that were already there. And AI is one of the many ways it can do that. That, that you and I could have some sort of artificial uh, equipment that's designed to read the subject and to broadcast in color and sound and vibration and whatever you want, someone's mood, someone's processes, and paint an aura around them. And that that aura could be broadcasted into our, our screen, into our theater, very easily. Now, 20 years ago, when I drew this, uh, the only thing that I had at my disposal that could show something like this is what's called an EEG headset. It's basically just a functional MRI. Many of you know what those are. It's a magnetic resonance type of uh, situation that's just broadcasting what is happening magnetically with you at all times. And if you were to tap this into some sort of augmented visioning device, you could probably look at uh, 10,000 people in a stadium and predictively detect who's happy, who's sad, who's about to die, who's, who's about to be reworn, who's pregnant, who's not pregnant who thinks they're pregnant, who's bleeding, who's not bleeding, who's upset, who's about to lose his job. All of these things would be revealed. And when I say revealed, it's really important that you understand what I mean by revealed because it means there's no more sunspots. We've run out of excuses to hide. And I do believe that the transhumanism technology that will be coming up will do, again, two things. I'm repeating what I said at the beginning because you got to hear it because a lot of people are going to be like, he's all blah, blah, blah. One, it's going to help enslave anyone who wants to be enslaved. Two, it's going to help liberate anyone who's tired of being enslaved. These are the two things that transhumanism will do. Mitosis. And that having these crutches, having these learning curves, having these training wheels is part of what will make that happen even faster. That you and I are using the source from the sun in a very constructive way, either constructively to hide ourselves from the sun or constructively to show us more. Now, most of the insights that we have from our body are based on confidence. It's true. If you study my Eye of Ra presentation, you already know the word blindsight. You know that it is... Proven in a lab that animals and humans themselves can actually see without an optic nerve. They can actually see without one. And that humans have more of a problem using this blind sight than animals because humans do not have faith in their intuitive uh, motor. And that animals rely much more on their intuitive motor, which is why they're so much better at this kind of a thing. That even a human can learn to use this blind sight, but it's going to have to be encouraged to guess. That what you and I think are guessing... Really what you and I think are guessing is, is that we've dressed this super magic baby that we have in this box, in this costume, and blocked it out, except for little tiny people, and we said it can come out here. 
through guessing. And guessing is really what guessing means is intuition that I don't want to be too powerful because it makes me uncomfortable. Hey, would you like to intuitively guess something, but without giving your intuition too much power? That's what guessing means, right? So three seconds, Glenda, do you want to guess before your time's up? We have to say guess because we can't say three seconds, Glenda. Do you want to uh, intuitively uh, place your, your inner spirit on the line and make it satisfy the equation and therefore make you uncomfortable because you realize how much power that you have? It's that kind of relationship we have. And in order for us to uh, come to the fruition, being ready to go back to Venus, I say back to Venus, to raise ourselves up into this next level, some of us will be able to caramelize and really, really uh, just, sorry I keep using caramelize, I've been using that word a lot, it's just such a cool word, but uh, to cement our intuition into something more uh, fermentable firmamentable. There's a word, firmamentable, something more concrete, something that we can build something off of. Now, you and I don't want to build a giant house on top of our intuition because we don't want to live in a world where we can trust our intuition like that. And on top of that, you and I think we should distrust our intuition because our intuition says, yeah, but this is better for you. I know you're not going to like this decision, but I'm going to tell you that the answer is three because I know if you were to choose three and it was to really hurt your ass, it, all it would do is unblock this other shit that you need to work on. You don't know that your intuition's doing that. So what you see is, oh, intuition's wrong. Well, fuck you. I'm going to suppress you for a thousand years. So we punish ourselves. We need technology to serve as these uh, training wheels to bring our intuition back into the forefront, right? To unleash it. We will be unleashing our confidence in our intuition, utilizing transhumanism technology. Many of us need it. We do. Think about quantum entanglement. You are able to know exactly how someone feels living in California the instant it happens because you were quantumly entangled with that person. And the only way you can prove to yourself that that works is you can pick up the phone and call them and say, I just had a terrible dream. Is everything okay? No, it's not okay. Grandma died. That that kind of, of technology would be absolutely necessary. That the sun would want that technology to be secreted because it would allow the stragglers to stop bullshitting themselves about how their intuition is just a wild guess. It's not a wild guess. It's a quantum entanglement. It's an entanglement realized in real time. And you see this every day. You know this every day. Most of you do not need this equipment to understand your predicate's mood, right? That you can look at your predicate, the person who's not you, right? You're the subject, the predicate's the other. You can look at your predicate and you actually know where their heart is, where it's beating, how fast it is, how comfortable it is, how uncomfortable they are. You know this, but you're not going to tangibly be able to point to something and go, well, yeah, I saw that fifth pore underneath his eyeball. Shouldn't be that dilated. No uncomfortable should have that dilated. It just shouldn't happen. It's that kind of a thing. So we need technology to prove ourselves. It's weird, right? Now, all the transhumanists that are like, oh my God, everything's here to hurt me. You fucking hate this shit. You're like, what are you, why are you saying that? Thumbs down, thumbs down, thumbs down. Oh my God. Because you, this, this is too much for you. You can't handle this shit. What are flat earthers doing right now? Not all of them, but what are they doing? They're insisting we have a model. Right? You can go buy the sun, moon, and clock out for a dollar, and now you know what it looks like. This is exactly what NASA is doing. 
It's the same thing. Here's a model. I swear it's right. Everything's all cool. Here's a model. I swear it's right. It's all cool. These are the same people having the same experience because they do not want to find that intuitive, zetetic relationship with the world, which includes mystery, doesn't it? Always includes that mystery. It's always in the room. What we find is cannibals hunting down this mystery as quickly as we can and smiting it for the same reason why we would smear cancer-causing cream over ourselves because we don't want to get burned. It's the exact same kind of thinking. And this fear of the transhumanism agenda is go for it, man. Embrace that fear. Insist that Klaus is in charge of your life and he's going to do all of these things for you. Insist that that's the case because all it will do is make your sphincter grow tighter and all that will do is amalgamate the source. And it may not be able to flower in you because you've decided I can't handle this shit. And that's why we have technology to feel that gap. We have it there to feel this gap for us to make it easier for us to boldly go, as Steve Crockett would say, where no crazy person has gone before. The technology paves that way for those who need pavement. Not all of us need pavement. If you hear me correctly, you hear, I am not saying that we absolutely have to have technology. We have to have technology because we have a bunch of people that are insisting we have to know what the answer is right now, that we can't have mystery in the room. That we have to sterilize the room of mystery before we can go on. That's what technology's for. It's to help those ingrates who cannot handle that sweet, sultry vulva of mystery. They don't want it. Right? They want a phallus in the room. This, uh, this is really the, the mitosis of transhumanism. Nothing here is broken. This is exactly how it should work. Exactly how it should work. This would allow consent and allow you to lie to yourself and allow others to gain insight from you lying to yourself because that's the beauty of it. We get to watch other people lie to themselves and insist themselves on themselves and that helps us find insight too. Do you see how the technology is helping you work by it torturing someone else on, for your behalf? And what are you doing when you climb the pyramid? You were literally telling the high priest, dude, rip open my rib cage, fucking pull that heart out, and let everyone else experience that and grow from it. This is why I don't like karma. If you need to believe in karma, if you need to believe that everything's all added up and everything's going to be right and wrong, you're not going to be able to function in this world. Because you don't get to decide which parts are going to have to be equal at the end. You don't get to do that. If anything, the person that is suffering the vitriol is sacrificing themselves for the ka of others, for the opening, opening of others, for the comfort of others. Very, very important process, which is why we had to be split when we got here. Face, face, Adam, Eve, Adam, split. If we were not split, we would not have the torture of vitriol to cause this process to complete. We need the separation so that we understand who we truly are. The All-Father, the All-Mother, united as one. Adama, Adama, right? This, uh, this process could not be more organic. <laughs> I cannot think of anything more uh, natural and organic, Gaia-like, 
than how our consciousness is blooming. Just as the elm tree will release certain chemicals into the dirt to warn other elm trees there's a fire or there's a locust or there's a white moth or whatever the threat is, so too do you and I do the same with each other. The same. Hey, got some super chats. Thank you, guys. I think I should... Charlotta. Thank you, Charlotta. And uh, Eric C., thank you. For the magic that is this corner of the AI. Yeah. And, and having this kind of relationship with the technology is not going to be fashionable, you know? You're going to walk into a group of, of truthers, of comforters, and they're going to be like, well, wait a minute, sounds like you're uh, saying something positive about technology. Don't you understand? You're working for them, man. You're wearing orange. You're clearly evil. This reaction that you have for this is actually proving my point more, not less. It's actually showing you even more that this is exactly how it works. That's why... At first, when I found out it was a comfort movement, I was mad. And now I think it's beautiful. Now I think there's a technology to belief. A powerful technology to that system. Let's see here. And how does this vitamin D stuff work? How do we spread this conscious information to each other? Keep in mind... That the information is in the failure for someone to discern. That is information. If you watch a, a million people say, yeah, we're going to go put on this uniform and get on a plane that has no second way back. It's a one-way ticket to Normandy. And we're going to go over there and we're going to kill anyone who's wearing brown. Because we're wearing green. We're going to fucking kill them all. That you may think, oh, that's horrible. It's a massive mistake. But it's not when you're dealing with people that are so, so good at lying to themselves and others. That you find that there is a positivity to having a Pied Piper that comes into the village going, hey, does anyone want to go kill people for fashion decisions? And literally 25 million people. Literally 25, okay, 40 million people in World War One said, yes, Dude, I will totally get on that boat. I would love to go kill some people because those are the evil guys and we're the good guys. Now you tell me, is that an innocent? More importantly, would you tell me that the culture that says thank you for your service, is that an innocent culture? Is it? But James, that was World War I. Yeah, that was just World War I. Do you think it worked? <laughs> because what happened in World War II? 80 million people. Hey, Anyone want to go kill people? That, okay, now we're going to kill people that have like a red, uh, a red stripe around their arm. Anyone want to go do that? And it's 80 million people were like, I'm, let's fucking go. Let's go. Because we're the good guys. We don't have skulls. We're, they're the baddies. We have eagles. Eagles means we're good. Skulls means they're bad. That's what we have. It didn't work, did it? Now, if it took a war, if it took two world wars to kill 120 million fucking people, if that's what it took in order for some of us to slowly see, you start to see what's actually ahead of you and how important that radiation is, that it sears and burns through that keratin of that seed and says, seed, you cannot stay buried this long in the darkness. You cannot hide forever. This is not the life you want. You need to fucking bloom. 
And the only thing that would do that would be this penetrating, penetrating radiation. Did we learn? Of course not. We've invaded 73 countries since. We've burned witches the entire time. We insisted anyone, even during all the deaths, all the pandemics, the Spanish flu, all of these different pandemics that swept, we decided that the innocent were the, vict- or were the perpetrators of this and that we must smear pus inside of all of them. The pus of ball must be planted in your skin. We must scrape rows with the ox and ingest pus into your skin because you did nothing because you were innocent during this. It shows you how loco we go for this sun, for this process. And it's working. Do you know how I know it's working? Because I am here talking about this. And you are here thinking about this too. It means it's working. It does. This is not a disaster at all. This is a fucking miracle of progress. And I'm calling it a miracle because it was literally carved out of a Pied Piper asking, asking, hey, does anyone want to go kill strangers? And watching and noticing, oh my God, 120 million people raised their hand. Not only that, all it took was just, just a little thank you for your service. It was like all it took. So where are we living? Surrounded by these people. What wakes you up more than that? I can't think of anything. You know what woke up my family tree? It was my dad. Despite the fact that the Gulf of Tonkin is basically like Tampa Bay in Florida. And that imagine if a foreign company came into Tampa Bay with gunboats and just started riding around on the shore. Just riding around. Mooning people, flipping people off, whatever. Riffraff wandering around with guns on their boats. That you being in that city would say, this doesn't feel safe, someone should do something. All those things start. And now you have a war, and the entire time the people in the gunboats are like, they attacked me. That's exactly what happened in the Gulf of Tonkin. Literally, the gunboats that were parading inside the bay of another country, inside their waters. Remember, international waters, what, 12 miles out? Inside their waters. Saying, hmm. Well, hit me, you can't hit me. You can't hit me. And even worse, firing volleys at them. And that those same people convinced my dad that we were the good guys in that. We were the good guys. My dad came back fucking nuts, crazy. My mom was like, fuck you, I'm not even going to be with you anymore. She left him. He died a lonely, lonely man. With no one there. He sacrificed himself on the pyramid. And I watched his heart pumping in the air. I watched I watched as wood and turquoise were placed at, at the age of 1 I watched this wood and turquoise placed inside his chest and a new fire started. And that fire was me. It was me. And I I am so much more fifth son that even my own mom's like I don't I can't handle my kid. He's fucking nuts. He's always going on and on about this or about that or about that. And it was so strong, I still see my dad so much that I'm like, I don't fucking care. I don't care. (laughs) I can't care that you find me shocking. If anything, I think it's progress that I shock you so much. 
because the Shakti of this place, the fifth son, lives in me. I am the fucking fifth son. You are the fifth son. This is the uh, earthquake. The fifth son is the earthquake son, by the way. How do I broadcast to others the vitriol that I learned? On a pyramid, it's easy because you're the one at the top and you're being sacrificed and everyone's sort of, you know, that's where the action is. But what if you're not on top? Now you know why we have celebrities. This is why we have celebrities. That in order to spread an idea, to spread a vitriol, to spread a absurdity of culture, you would need a pyramid figure, a sacrifice, who sits on top of that pyramid to broadcast it. Right? The World Economic Forum said, when people being anti-bug is bigotry, billions of people across the world eat insects as part of their daily diet. Notice they said billions. Can you name one? I can't. I've been to 35 countries. I've been deployed. I've been visiting on my own accord. I've uh, been to every state. I've been to every, uh, every coast whether it be Mexico, whether it be Canada, I've been to uh, Central America, I've been to four countries there. I, I'm not even well-traveled, but I've been to at least 40 countries, I think. And out of all those 40 countries, not once, ever, okay, shit, shit, Billy Knuckles, fuck, in fifth grade, my friend Hal and Billy and I were got in this weird fucked up contest where we were eating ants. But it wasn't like a cuisine. We were, we were, uh, got in this really disturbing place where eating the bug was a sign of, uh, of test. And Hal won it all because Hal was the only one that decided to actually eat the bark that had the ant on top of it. He didn't want to grab the ant. He took the entire piece of bark that had the ant and ate that. Okay, so put that aside. With the exception of Hal and Billy... I don't know anyone, anyone. It's like, yeah, man, I totally eat bugs. It's like a regular thing we do. But that's not what the World Economic Forum is telling you. And this is what's interesting because they're telling you billions of people across the world eat insects. We ask, is it racist to not want to transfer to a bug-based diet? It's amazing they said that, but they're missing an important element because it's one thing to say billions. It's quite another to say, here's one, right? The power of one is more powerful than a billion. Enter Nicole Kidman. What is Nicole Kidman doing? She's climbing to the top of the pyramid and she's eating a mealworm. This is the only kind of pyramid you can have now because we have enough stimulus to where a central pyramid would never work. They try to make a central pyramid, right? Democrats, Republicans, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. All of these contests, right? Miss America pageant. All of these things are trying to centralize things, but it only works so much. It only works so well. You need a central figure, which is the purpose of a celebrity. So let's think about what a celebrity really does when it comes to this fifth sun consciousness. A celebrity is a router. You know what a router is? It's a, it's a device that gives you an internet signal. It's a device that broadcasts one source, one signal to many, many agents across the plane, right? That's the purpose of what a celebrity does. And look how fast the celebrity 
contagion goes. It should be profound to all of us that we have a word called contagion and not once is it ever included in our discussion of social media. Look at this contagion. Tom Hanks was able to infect 1.146717 million 1,146,717 people were infected in eight hours by a paragraph of text. Now, I don't know the numbers on how many uh, uh, Nicole Kibben did. But that's what, that's what this is. The purpose of a celebrity is to serve as a contagion router. It's the entire purpose. A celebrity router is simply the one at the top of the pyramid that's seen by the most of others. And that's how we insert infection. Now, here's what's fascinating. We've been, we've been lied to, not for years, not for decades, not for centuries. We've been fooled and lied to by propaganda for millennia, and it's probably more than that. For millennia, we've been. In our conscious state, like historically, we can look at the history and go, wow, yep, we were lied to there, we were lied to there, we were lied to there, we were lied to there. And we still here. We're still here looking it up. That any of us who tries to cut ourselves off from this access to these other celebrity routers finds it almost, if not actually impossible to do. That you can go to the farthest remote island and live there forever. And seven years from now, a fucking Coke bottle will wash up on the shore. And the second you see that Coke bottle, you'll be like, fuck, fuck. And that's the router. That's the router, the Wi-Fi signal of it all. If you and I were truly in a truth movement, we would have burned down the media a long time ago. It would have been the the most brutalized uh, criminals in our society would be media personalities. We'd fucking kill them. We would kill them if we were serious about it being a truth movement. Think about that for a sec, will you? Seriously. We would kill them. Instead, what do we do? Not only do we give them all the money, but wherever they go, they eat for free. Wherever they stay, they stay for free. Wherever they drive, they drive uninhibited. We drive them around. We cater to them. We mimic them. We copy them. We do not punish. We reward most powerful people in the world are celebrities, which is why they pay for nothing. It shows you the truth of that. You and I are here to be routed. You and I are here to connect to these celebrities, whether you want to admit it or not, we are. Now, sure, you and I could be mad about which celebrities. You and I could say, well, I want this person to be a celebrity or I want to be a celebrity or whatever else. But deep down below all that, when you remove all that, uh, I want to, I want to, I want to, there is a deep desire that we have to keep our teeth into that nipple. We are, we are clenched on that thing. That milk is too important for us. And I think you're looking at the placenta of the sun at that point, right? That, that wall that forms over the entire earth is the uterus that forms for no other purpose than to create an umbilical to what? Check it out. In this scenario inside the uterus, the baby is the sun. It's the sun. And you and I, forming the placentic wall, are creating this omnidirectional ray, this single tube, 
connecting it to us, to the entire uterine wall. You and I don't like to think that we're actually connected with other humans. We, we're living a soul life, singular life, because that's how we thrive and prosper. In the 5D, probably 6D, probably uh, the mercurial understanding of life, there is much more of a connection. I cannot wait to tell you about Mercury when we get back to the, uh, the other topic, by the way. But that kind of consciousness is much more uh, symbiotic than it is now. I got no beef with our consciousness where it is now, by the way. I think it's fascinating. But as you watch that placenta wall, it's literally everything. And what do we do with the placenta right now? We kind of treat it like shit, right? Showing you all these things. This connection that we have, this connection, it's proving itself in the biochemicals that are moving through you. Mushrooms are a good example of this because when you think about mushrooms, you think, oh, well, they, you know, they don't grow in light. They, they kind of like darkness. And, and it's actually that darkness which creates this vitriolic magnet to where you turn a mushroom over, right, where the membranes are facing the sun for even a few minutes. And what happens? Vitamin D is just pouring, pouring out of the pores of that mushroom now. The sunlight activates the vitamin D. So what is exactly happening here in darkness or in light? This is the real kicker here. Being seen, being known, being witnessed is vitamin D. When someone witnesses you, you secrete vitamin D. And this creates a different state in you that some of us find untenable. It creates a relationship we have now. And some of us will purposely grow up in the darkness. Some of us will become the portobello for no other purpose than to find our place in the sun and truly truly appreciate it for what it is. And that all that darkness the entire time was us anticipating the joy of having that sun, which is why when you turn that mushroom over instantly, like within minutes, it's caked in vitamin D now. Literally the, the manna spirit of consciousness, right? That you as the placenta are feeding this child as much as its attention is feeding you. Neither would survive without there being that kind of symbiosis between them. Magnesium, vitamin K, vitamin A, all of these are important parts of this process. I don't mean to just claim it's all vitamin D. But it's interesting that as soon as we're born, as soon as a child is exposed to raw sunlight, our standard culture, the insane parts of us, not the necessarily we're here to control you, it could be, but really it's deeper than that. It's just the insane parts, the part of us that are like, it's too bright, source is too bright, source is too bright. We give vitamin K to the child as soon as it's born. And I'm telling you, we do that to shut our vitamin K system down. I think you're, the mother's epigenetic fear, the mother's... Uh, strife from source gives her this 
subatomic uh, notion that in order for her to protect her son or her daughter, she must uh, eliminate its exposure to light. And what does a mother do but keep the baby out of the sun? Most of the focus is built on that. It's this delicate understanding that the sun is as crucial as it is deadly to our existence. It's a vital, vital part of this whole thing. Let's see if there's uh, any more AMA. Oh, I'm buffering. Sorry to hear that. So, 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 sorry. I'm just kidding. Sorry to hear that. Wow, totally connects to something that happened this morning. Oh, good, Alexander. Uh, yeah, witnesses vitamin D, vitamin W. Do drops vitamin D. Yes, Eric. Jesus don't want me for a sunbeam, says B. Uh, sunflowers face away from the sun. I thought sunflowers face the sun. I thought they tracked the sun. Could be wrong about that, but I always thought they tracked the sun. Uh, it was in response to Brushwood. Um, people be people. Let's see, I don't see any AMAs in here. This is why I don't do AMAs. <laughs> if there's like an AMA queue, I would do this like so much more because I don't like, a. I like the show to keep moving. I like to have some oomph, some movement, you know. Speaking of which, let's uh, let's do a quick shout out here to uh, Married Moth. I'm gonna look for uh. Is it shit moth? Are we talking about Married Moth? Speaking of. Uh, shit moth, Merde Mothe. Where to go, shit moth? Merde moth, Merde Mothe. Merde moth, shit moth, shit moth. Merde moth, shit moth. There is shit moth, Merde moth, Merde moth, shit moth, shit moth, shit moth, Merde moth, Merde moth, shit moth, Merde moth, shit moth, shit moth, Merde moth. Thank you so much, shit moth. Merde moth. Thank you, Merde moth. Her name is shit moth. I call her Merde moth. I call her shit moth. I call her Merde Mothe. A Merde cook. <laughs> Merde moth. Merde moth. Shit moth. Le Merde moth. I call her Merde moth. I call her shit moth. I call her Merde moth. I call her Merde mothe. Bonjour shit moth. De Merde mothe. Bonjour to you. Uh, it was not something you said. Merde mothe. Merde moth. Thanks shit moth. Merde Moth. Bonjour, Monsieur Letru. Bonjour. Je m'appelle Merde Moth. Her name is Shit Moth. I call her Merde Moth. I should just call her Shit Moth. <laughs> Merde Moth, that is hilarious. Moth works. Moth works. Love me some, <laughs> some Merde Moth. Uh, we do have a question. It is, James, what is your favorite BG song? And, uh... You know, I, I, I'm kind of worried to say that because uh, there's some really good Bee Gees songs. Um, I got too many of them, man. That's a really good group. That's like a really good group. I, I uh, man, it's a good. Everyone else should tell me, tell me theirs actually. 
because that's great. Great work on that video, Mirror Moth. Appreciate you. Uh, all right, so there's no more AMA. And, oh, wait, AMA. You see the Maynard James Keenan interview with Rick Bader's channel? No, I didn't. I'm not sure. I think Maynard, is that like a tool guy? Is that is that who that is? Um, let people know and post a link, James, so others can watch it too. Um, we have a dojo today at 1230. If you guys want to come to that. After uh, 1230, I'm going to go pick up my car again from the shop. And uh, tomorrow night, we have High Magic. And uh, I believe um, we are full for tomorrow night. But if you want to join us on High Magic, I'm gonna. we are now starting where you have to sign up for it. You have to do that because uh, I'm tired of being stood up <laughs> by people who say they'll be there. So I think if you actually come and you confirm that you're coming, it'll be that much easier. So uh, please check us out tomorrow night on uh, the Dojo Earth Radio channel for High Magic. It'll be episode 13, I think. Um, it's been, we've been on hiatus for a while, so uh, check us out for that. AMA, is that a spread duck on the wall like the spread eagle the Navy gives out? Uh, this eagle right here, is that what you mean? Because I've always considered this to be an eagle. I found that in the garbage. I'm uh, quite an elaborate dumpster diver myself. Um, found some pretty cool... I found... Okay, so I found this in the garbage, this eagle. And then I found this Eye of Horus, this Eye of Ra thing here. These two pieces of wood were a rocking chair. And next to that rocking chair was this piece of metal, which kind of does this little swoop that I think used to go to an antique uh, carriage spring. And then this uh, rounded wooden bowl, I did not find someone that hates my guts made that. And so I, I wanted to caramelize his hate for me. So I turned it into something beautiful. And then that's just a metal ball. But, th but that was found too. Uh, there are many things that, that we find. Uh, it's part of the beauty of life is uh, rediscovering this stuff. So uh no i'm not mocking the uh the duck james how did you fall effect you how how did your fall okay great question james how did your fall affect you spiritually i think the only thing that the fall really did to me spiritually is that in the back of my mind some people that that i used to be closer with but then when corona happened you, you had this too you just people kind of split and they have this other thing. And one of my friends who was a do uh, nurse in charge of nursing, actually at uh, wake med hospital had, had said to me something to the effect of, well, we'll just see who you call when you have a fatal, when you have a horrible accident. <laughs> and guess what? We did see who I call. And I literally was not going to get on an ambulance and be eaten by that machine when that happened. So I think spiritually, if anything happened, it reaffirmed that I put my money where my mouth is, at least when it comes to this kind of stuff. You know, I'm not saying that means I do it all the time. But for me, that was a really nice spiritual bump for me. Um, did that with no pain medication. The entire time while I was in pain, I was laying in bed just alchemizing the pain, like literally just like, yes, that hurts. And I would, I would tell myself like, yes, I don't think I've ever had that kind of level of hurt. And then I would think about it. I was turning it into a, uh, like a magnificent sunset of pain. And I really found that to be really reaffirming. Just thought that was really powerful that I was doing that. And uh, I had so much time to do that. So I don't know if anything spiritually changed as much as things were, uh, 
proven or re-emphasized or, or congealed more, uh, if that makes sense. I think that's probably what, what happened the most. Um, James, you got better after the fall. Well, thank you, Pete. My knee is still pretty tricked out. I wake up with a lot of knee pain uh, during the night. It wakes me up a lot. Uh, so it's definitely not like this, you know, everything's great. I also have pretty cool, wicked scars on my back. I'd show them to you, but one of them goes all the way down my ass crack. And it's, I don't have a beautiful ass. I wish I did, but I don't. Um, I think your fall affected the spirituality of a lot of us. I think anytime we saw see anyone go through something, right, it does the same thing, you know. Us watching someone up on the pyramid teaches us a lot. Nicole Kidman teaches you a lot about that too, you know. Yeah, it's a uh, – I recommend it. If you guys are looking for something to do, fall off a porch. It's a uh, – you won't be bored. There was no – I can't remember ever being bored. I'll tell you the – the hardest thing, it's embarrassing, I, I fessed this up to Rebecca yesterday, but uh, the hardest thing was having to pee. Uh, luckily, I have a pretty low window, and my bed's right next to the window, and it took me about 12 hours to have the full, like, every time I would move, sometimes when I wouldn't move, if I just breathed wrong, the the pain in my lower back would just like erupt and run my entire body. And, uh, so getting up just wasn't an option for several days, several days. I just was in bed. And, uh, one of my biggest concerns was water and, uh, and urinating. Cause like one adds to the urination <laughs> and maybe I should just stop talking right now. But if some of you can picture, I, I was able to like kind of roll over and then like, pee out the window but then you know there's there's like uh there's some problems with that and that was definitely uh that's probably like one of the harder things that I dealt with there and then uh one of the most difficult things I got to be honest one of the I think one of the most challenging things for me was when my buddy James York was here and we were building my new porch standing up on top of that ladder like three weeks after this happened, maybe it was, I don't know, however many weeks it was after standing up on top of this ladder over the same height that I fell with no railing was really hard. And what made it really hard was because James York was there helping me. If he would not have been there, I just would have gone inside and been like, I'm just going to wait till I feel better. And then, uh, it would have taken me longer having that witness from someone else. Uh, I felt shame from being a bitch and that shame from feeling like I was a bitch made me stay up on the ladder. And there were times where I was just like shaking, like the entire ladder was shaking. And I would just say, I, I can't hammer right now, but I just need to stand here. I just need to stand here and just be in this scary thing because I didn't want to fall again. I did not want to fall again. That hurt so much. I did not want to fall again, you know? So I think that was probably more spiritually moving than the actual fall was was uh, having that pressure, having the pyramid. Think about it. If you were climbing the pyramid to be sacrificed and no one was watching, halfway up the pyramid, you should be like, fuck this, I'm not going, right? Having that witness on you, this is why Adama split, all mother, all father. This is why we split. Is because when we split, we require witness from someone else to even reproduce, to even reproduce. We require that. So I found that to be very powerful. Uh, no, my... my uh, my Willie opened the window, Don. 
my window. I can open the window with my willy. All right. Uh, was Pinocchio's story of creation or a column? I can't do that right now. We have a dojo in four minutes. Sark, save that for tomorrow. That's a great fucking question. I almost had... Last Wednesday's episode was almost the the uh, thumbnail was almost Pinocchio. There's a lot of fascinating uh, corollaries between there. It's not really being a bitch. The reality of it is a very high deck, and we had to make carpentry moves in risky situations. Yes, and there's no way I would have done that without you. Love you guys. Have a great day. Thank you for being here. I please tune in Monday. I should have this episode ready. You're gonna freaking love it. You're gonna love it, or you're gonna hate it more than you've hated anything else. It'll definitely be something dilating like that. So see you in Dojo if you're coming to Dojo. See you tomorrow night if you're not. I Magic, don't miss that. And uh, yeah, he did. Commander Adama. I think about that all the time. Another War Machine. We will catch you guys later. I got to go. I only have three minutes now and I got to I gotta go open a window with my willy and pee outside it. So we will see you guys next time. Let's outro. Uh. Mergmoth. Shedmoth. Let's go.